Thank you, thank you, thank you, Auntie Sharon. Praise the Lord, children of God. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. It's a nice, cold, crazy, rainy morning. Mm. And we glorify the Lord. We thank the Lord for the opportunity to just wake up and worship him. Uh, we praise the Lord. I remember this song, early in the morning, our song shall rise to thee, to thee, our God, our maker. And I bless the Lord. And I'm so thankful this morning for the opportunity to minister to the saints, to the children of God. I'm thankful to all saints for the, for the, the platform. I am called Pamela Tumwebaze. I'm married to Alfred Tumwebaze. We have four children and so many more in all sense. And I love the Lord who saved me. I also serve in church. I mean, in the Mother's Union, in Christian Women. I also serve on SCP and we are building and completing the church. And in the marketplace, God has put me in the UN, in the agencies there where I'm doing compliance. This morning, we are going to be sharing from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. And as Sharon says, she already read it. And our topic is looking at the prince, the son is given as the prince of peace. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, the government shall be on his shoulder, he'll be called the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, and the government shall be upon his shoulder and of his kingdom there'll be no end. That was That is the portion that we're going to look at. And this morning we'll be looking at, we'll define what peace is, then we'll also look at what God's peace is like and how God gives us his peace. And by God, I mean the, the, the Prince of Peace uh, who, uh, because Jesus is part of the triune God. And then we will be wrapping it up as we see Jesus through the scripture, how he brought his peace or how he has given us his peace. Uh, as they read, uh, we've read uh, most of the versions. We have the uh, NIV, New Living Translation, King James Version. Uh, they have Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. I just want to also capture it from the message version. And it says... Um, his names will be Amazing Counselor, Strong God, Eternal Father, Prince of Holy of Wholeness. His ruling authority will grow and there will be no limits to the wholeness he brings. He ruled from the historic David throne over that promised kingdom. He'll put that kingdom of, on, on a foot, firm footing and keep it going. And why did I bring that? Because in our definition of peace, Peace is not merely the absence of conflict, but wholeness and integration with no issues left unresolved. The dictionary meaning also says that peace, or other words for peace, is tranquility, calmness, law and order. When they say the state is at peace, it means law and order is in place. There's freedom from disturbance. 
There is total health and welfare, wholeness. That is peace. So peace is not just a state of absence of conflict, but it is a wholeness integrated with no issues left unresolved. Uh, the, the Hebrew word for peace is called, is shalom. And shalom uh, uh, brings uh, all means completeness, soundness, and welfare. So it's a total package, it's holistic. And the root word of shalom is shalom, which means make amends. It also means whole, it means complete. So peace is wholeness. Peace is a complete entity. It brings in two elements of the word. Uh, in Luganda, there is kusonyiwa and kwesonyiwa. But also, that is just part of it. Is peace has the letting go so that you're not ruffled or that you're not at strife. It doesn't mean that there will be no conflict, but you do not allow the conflict to take over you. You're not responding or reacting to the conflict. So does it mean, or this morning, where are we at? Are we at this total state of peace? Do we feel whole? Is there wholeness in our lives, in every area of our life? Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And during the week, we saw who he is, wonderful counselor, mighty God. We saw the different elements of him as God. And this morning, as we focus on this word peace, his wholeness, his completeness. We want to see how does it look like? First of all, I'll quickly take you to Luke chapter two, when they are defining uh, Jesus or his growing up. And there is that verse in Luke chapter two, at the end, the last verse of chapter two, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. Just that statement, when you break it down, wisdom, favor, stature, at peace with God and man. Tranquil, complete, the whole element of wholeness is coming and it just defined Jesus even as he was growing up. He who is the Prince of Peace. How does this peace look like, just as we have defined who he is? One, God's peace is permanent. It's offered by him 
and we trust him that he will keep his word. It is also secure. In Isaiah 54 verse 10, he says, Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be moved, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion over you. So he has assured us that he, will, he has a covenant. It's not just a contract with conditions. And if you miss this, therefore the contract is null and void. No, he has given us his covenant of peace and he has assured us that it will not be removed. It will not be removed. It will not be removed from us. So it's permanent and secure. We stand secure. His peace does not change, regardless the circumstance. When God gives us his peace, it does not mean the circumstances change, but the, there is that security in spite of the circumstances that we stand, that we can stand within the circumstance and still remain at peace, still remain at secure, still know that God is with us. In John 16, verse 33, just as Jesus was coming to the end, he, was, he tells us, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. It is in Christ that we have peace. He told them so many things what was going to happen, but he says, and do not let your heart be troubled or be afraid. God's peace is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. In Galatians 5, 22 to 23, when we look at the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace. Peace. And this peace, as a fruit of the Holy Spirit, it's sitting in comfort and knowing that God is next to me or is next to you in the boat, in the storm, that God is still, is there. Uh, there's a song we used to sing in Sunday school, I shall not, I shall not be moved. I shall not, I shall not be moved. Just like a tree that's planted by the water side, I shall not be moved. And that's how God's peace is. It is secure. It stands firm. It stands firm. There's comfort that whatever you're going through, even when the waves are high and low, his peace is with me. Therefore, I am more than a conqueror. He gives that security. So what are we going through? What storm are we in right now? Is it a storm of marriage? Is it a storm of the children? Is it the current storm of Christmases? A few days away and I actually have nothing. And if maybe you're like me, your archdeacon has already called you, checking on you how you're going and told you they're waiting for you for Christmas. 
And so, is it a storm of sickness where you almost the pain is too much and you're giving up? Is it a storm of loss, loss of a loved one, and you don't see how you even can breathe or how you can even face tomorrow? Is it a storm of no job? And school fees coming up. Is it a storm of the Pakistan not knowing where they are going next? What is it? God's peace is a fruit. A fruit of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. And therefore it, it, it gives us comfort. God's peace brings comfort. It gives us a sense of knowing that he is with us and that nothing happens without him allowing it with allowing it god's peace is built on the foundation of his word sadly god's peace is built on the foundation of his word in isaiah Sorry, in Psalms 119, verse 165, says, Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. Another version says, For those who love what you reveal, everything fits. No stumbling around in the dark for them. God's peace is built on the foundation of his word. The NLT says, those who love your instruction have great peace and do not stumble. So when God's peace is based on his word, when we know his word, we stand secure and we do not stumble. As we get to the end of the year, can we look back and reflect? How have we been with reading his word? His word. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God's peace. When we read God's word, we get to know him, we get to understand him, we get to see his love, we get to see his favor, we get to see he illuminates the paths we need to take, the decisions we make, and in there we have peace. We do not stumble and fumble around. We are steady because we know what God's word says. So God's word is built on the foundation of his word. On his, on God's peace is built on the foundation of his word. So when you do not know the word of God, you are like a cork on the water being tossed around. You even don't know what he says. So there is no peace in your heart. You panic. You're anxious. But when you know what God's word says, that do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which is beyond human understanding, will guard your heart and mind in the knowledge of God. 
why will you not be steady? Why will people not be saying, hey, guy, you, you're not being shaken. When they're running around, you're standing because you know what his word is saying. When he's telling you, he will trust in man. You know whom to trust, whom to look up to, where your hope and rescue is. And as we have we've just shared in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, where he says that um, we should not be anxious. He gives his peace as a defense. God's peace is a defense. It defends our hearts and minds. It watches over our hearts and minds against anxiety. As someone's mic is on. Sorry. Please mute. Okay, um, back on. Uh, I was saying God's word, the fourth definition or expression of how God's word, God's peace is, is that it is a defense. It defends or watches over our hearts and minds against anxiety, against worry, or even fear in the midst of whatever situation we're going in. Uh, like I said, uh, Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. It says he gives us his peace. His peace is not like the world gives, but it watches our hearts and minds. So there is that, guy, that protection, that defense mechanism that God's peace gives you around from anxiety, from whatever situation that we are in, whatever the devil throws at us, whatever the world throws at us, God's peace is a defense. It's one with our, our hearts to keep us calm, and then our mind, because of what we know about him and what he has promised us. So, it means that like from flowing from the previous one, that God's peace stands on his word. It means that you need to know the word of God so that it is in your mind and it guards you. That whatever comes, there is his word. Is that defense mechanism? It already throws you. You say, I'm more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthened me. When it comes, we are more than conquerors. Greater is he that is in me than the devil that is in the world. And it helps you, gives you that assurance we are able to stand firm. So, God is the source of peace. He is, our, they, he is Yahweh Shalom. When he appeared to Gideon, Gideon was afraid. And he said, I give you my peace, you shall not die. And in Judges 6, 24, we see Gideon builds an altar and calls it, the Lord is peace. So our God is a God of peace. And how does he give us his peace? He causes us to be at peace with God. One, how? When we go to Romans chapter 5, first of all, now let's start with 
with John 14. Uh, John 14 is a, an interesting verse. It's interesting because Jesus starts by comforting his disciples, tells them, do not let your hearts be troubled. I'm going to my father's place to prepare a room for you. And then he starts telling you, when I go, I am not going to leave you as often. I'm going to give you the spirit of truth. Uh, but first you have to love me. And if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. How do you know his commandments? By knowing his word. And then he says, he'll give us his, uh, the Holy Spirit will come, the priest of peace. All this I have spoken with you. But when the Holy Spirit comes, he will teach you all things and remind you all things. So the Holy Spirit, even who is part of the Godhead, teaches us how to be at peace with God himself. But he says in 27, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. God's peace, which he gives, we see all those elements that we say that it is permanent, it is secure, it is based on his word, it is a God. And because of this peace, he is telling us, do not let our hearts be troubled, do not be afraid. So we actually have a command not to let our hearts be troubled. So if we are letting our hearts be troubled, we are breaking his command. And we are not trusting in the promise that he gave us. So this morning, if we want to take away anything, is that God commands us not to let our hearts be troubled. When his peace comes in us, we abide, we, still, we sit still, and our hearts are not troubled. How he gives us peace, he allows us to be at peace with God. In Romans chapter 5, uh, verse 5, it talks about peace and hope and says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace, which we now stand. Amen. So we have peace with God through the access. And when we go, we go further down in verse 10, it says, for if, for why, if, for if while we were God's enemy, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more having been reconciled shall we, we be saved through his life? Not only this, but we also boast in God, our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom now we have received reconciliation. So Christ, our Prince of Peace, comes to reconcile us to God. And through his death, on the cross, he reconciles us to God. He is the bridge because our iniquities separated, separate us from our God, like we read in Isaiah 29.2. says our iniquities have separated us. Our sins have hidden his faith that will not hear. So sin creates a chastening. And we are sinners. There is that chastening that separates us from God. Our sins go before us. They go parading, you know before us, shouting, even in front of God. And God is holy, so they separate. But thanks to Christ Jesus, our Lord, who him being God came down as the Prince of Peace and his way of peace and victory over sin was to die on the cross to reconcile us. So he became the bridge 
the cross became that bridge through which over we through over which we walk over from death to life and life in God. Praise the Lord so much. In this reconciliation, we further read in um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, says, For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. So, God gives us, God gave us his peace. The Prince of Peace came as the, as the one who brought the two aside, breaking the barrier, tearing the curtain in the temple when he was on the cross and said it is finished. The curtain was torn from top to bottom from the Holy of Holies, meaning we now enter, we enter the Holy of Holies. We enter through the blood of the Lamb. We enter to worship only. We enter to meet the great I am. We get that direct access to God, the God of peace, because by that, he was a mediator. He, he also, his peace with us also causes us to be at peace with people. at peace with people, with others. For he has empowered us by his spirit to be peacemakers. In Ephesians chapter four, verse three, it says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Make every effort Let me repeat it. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. He has called us, says, as much as it depends on us, we should live at peace. In Romans 12, 18, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with others. Why? Because we are children of God. We are children of God. We represent him. He is in us. We are, we, he, he continues his, to grow us more into like him. And because of that, that's why he calls us as his reflection. But as it depends on us, does it mean that we will not face conflict? Does it mean that we will not be at war with the world, the enemy and everyone? No, but he says as much as it depends on us. We have to live at peace with everybody around us. So we are ambassadors of God's peace. So he calls one, he gives us peace um, with God to know that we are reconciled to him and that there is no punishment. Therefore, there is no punishment for us for that breach that Christ put. And then he causes us to live at peace. He empowers us by his spirit to be peacemakers. Please note, it is him who gives us the peace. So he empowers us to be peacemakers. Meaning, Pamela, in my natural role, Muchiganes, I cannot be a peacemaker because the moment you touch me, you are going to see, you are going to see the real me or the fire. But as a child of God, redeemed, transformed, and set free, 
he has he has empowered me to be a peacemaker. That the Pamela that was the fighter that I that you maybe knew. Now let things pass, and it's not because I have yes on you word no, but God's peace has given me that He has given me peace over inner inner conflict, and given me peace over interpersonal conflict. There. There's conflict everywhere, but there is peace in that. To live at peace with all men. When this peace at all men can come in different forms. One is there's the inner conflict, which is the mental conflict or health. Right now in the world, there is so much mental health talking going on, going on. We are depression. Actually, the scientists, the statistics say around this time in Christmas, the percentage of depression goes up. In the Northern Hemisphere, where it's winter, they say they're cold because you're in alone, you're alone, there's no one to talk to. Maybe that also heightens the depression. But, and also there are depressions of unmet expectations. The people around us, who we have trusted and have disappointed us and broken us. So they have broken our hearts. So our hearts are not at peace. And there is that inner conflict. If we are in that state, Jesus is the Prince of Peace, whose peace guards our hearts and minds in the knowledge of him and Christ Jesus. There's interpersonal conflict. We have conflicts in family, conflicts between husband and wife because we do not know how to communicate. We do not know how to speak each other. We do not know our roles. We keep entering other people's lens. We want to bring other people's marriages into our marriage to be like them copy cutting them yet each of us is unique that creates interpersonal conflict there are family conflicts with siblings that that do wrong things that take us for granted that hurt us you know that we would want to get and even you know jail you know you all disown but the prince of peace gives us that peace that grace to extend out because as far as it depends on us, we are called to live at peace. There is interconflict at work, personal conflict, people struggling against us, all battling for the same job, wanting to outcompete, to shine, taking your taking glory for what you have done. It, it can it can bring a sense of lack of peace. But when we know that whatever we do, we work at it to the glory of God. And that he who sees what we do in private will reward us. We don't need to go shouting it on the mountaintop. We will be at peace and let them take it over. Violence. We've been, there's been 16 days of activism against gender-based violence. That's interpersonal conflict. Because what is that that causes you to get up your hands and start beating someone like we can't resolve? God has empowered us by his spirit to be peacemakers. And as much as it depends on us. And my heart breaks for the international conflict. When you read about Ukraine, now the winters are cold. Cold people are dying because of cold, because one country wants to enter another and say, I, this is where I used to stop, therefore I have come to come back, you know? These conflicts, you're like, Jesus, do a miracle. Come down now, you know? You look at what's going on in the world. There is no place we can run to that we are going to find peace there. There are gang shootings in the U.S. People just get into a church and kill, maybe because you're black or because they don't believe in your faith. That is all that kind of conflict. But Jesus 
who is the Prince of Peace came, that we will find peace. He came to provide a way for us as sinners to have peace and be reconciled with God. That's why even at his birth, the angels in Luke 2 verse 14, they proclaimed glory to God in the highest and peace and goodwill to his men for unto us. The son has been born. The angels came to the shepherds and proclaimed that the peace and goodwill had come to the world because the peace of peace has come. And he came that we'll have peace and be reconciled to God. And when he left, he left us with his peace to help us become the kind of people who will live at peace with all people as a witness of he who is in us, as a witness of the great commission. Because when people see you at peace, they want that peace. They come and want to know, but why? Why are you, you like this? You, why aren't things moving? And then you tell them why, that Christ who lives in you and is in you, that you have died and you're crucified, like in Galatians 2.20, and you no longer live, but Christ lives in you. But we need to remember that he is going to come back. That Prince of Peace is going to come back as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and we'll have to face him. In Philippians 2.10, he reminds us that first, though he gave himself and was obedient to death on the cross, that was to bring us our trans, uh, to bring, allow us to come to God, to reconcile us to God. But every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. So when he comes back, to set his throne, the world will be united in peace, but it will also be a great day of judgment where what we have done, he will separate the sheep and the goats. So even as we celebrate this piece of peace, as we celebrate knowing him and him being the bridge, have we crossed over from death to life? If you do not know the Lord, if you've not acknowledged that he is Lord, in your heart, if you've not confessed him with Lord as Lord and Savior of your life, then he is surely not your God. He's surely not your Prince of Peace, and you cannot have his peace. Because his peace is not as the world gives, but as he gives. So this morning, let us invite the Prince of Peace to take, take Kenya everything, to calm every storm. When Jesus was in the boat and the disciples were worried, Lord, do you not care? Says he stood up and rebuked the storm, the wind, and he spoke, and the storm became calm, calmness, God's peace. Peace is not merely the absence of conflict, it is wholeness and integration with no issues left unresolved. Peace with God and peace with man. Praise the Lord. Over to you, Sharon. Thank you, Auntie Pam. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, brethren. Amen. Amen. God there. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Auntie Pam, for bringing forth God's word. Peace is not the absence of conflict. He stressed it. She stressed it. Peace is not, an, is not the absence of conflict. It is the ability to keep calm 
amidst the storm. Hallelujah. For me, that is key. That is what stands out. And, and as, as Auntie Pam shared, I was thinking about, you know how you, you, don't, you don't want conflict. I would do anything to avoid conflict. That's me. <clears throat> I, I, I will avoid you if I know it's going to, meeting you is going to erupt into a conflict. I will, I will try. But you know, as she shared, I kept thinking, how will I know that I have matured in this fruit of the Holy Spirit, peace, if I, I, if I have no challenge around me that, re, that helps me to see that I am calm in spite of the storm, you know, it is, it is the, the, the presence of the conflict where you are and your ability to keep calm in that situation that shows you that you have developed, you have matured in this fruit of the spirit called peace. Praise the Lord. And as she shared, I thought, oh, oh don't be avoiding challenges. Don't be, I'm not saying go looking for conflicts, no. But when they come, you know that you have the presence of God with you. You know that the Prince of Peace is right there with you and you're able to use the situation <coughs> to judge the your ability to judge the your development in that fruit of the spirit praise the lord so peace is not the absence of conflict thank you auntie pam that is the highlight for me even as we pray if you are in a conflict use it to see the peace of Christ at work in the situation. Hallelujah. That you're not anxious, you know. If you lack, you lack, especially as we go through this season of celebration, I know there, there, there are family traditions where people have to travel. There are family traditions where children have to wear new clothes on Christmas. There are family traditions. And maybe this season you're not able because of the economy to meet the family tradition and you're anxious. I pray that the peace of God, the, the Prince of Peace, will sit with you this season. And, and she stressed the fact that you may, you may have a patient or you may be sick yourself. And, and, and you know that Tamil is so, is, so, is so big. You know, you don't even see how you're going to raise the bill that is being required by, by, by the hospital. I pray that you, the, the, the Prince of Peace will sit with you this morning. Friends, let's receive God's word. Lord, we thank you for your word. Your word is truth. Your word, it comes forth to encourage us. Your word comes forth to accomplish a purpose. And I am confident that your word this morning has accomplished its purpose 
in our lives and will continue to accomplish that purpose throughout the day and the week. Lord, may your word, O King of glory, the bedrock of peace, Heavenly Father, I pray that your word this morning will accomplish its purposes in our lives. We bless your name. We want to thank you for Auntie Pamela for using her to speak your word this morning. It's a rema word that has come this morning. I believe that each one of us, Lord, done, has received a portion of your word that you wanted them to receive. Father, I pray that you will highlight the things you want every individual to pick from this sharing this morning, from your word. Oh, Lord, our God, be glorified, be magnified. We pray that you will protect Aunt Pamela. You protect her family. You protect her job. You protect her husband and her marriage. You protect her children, even as they plan to go for youth camp or whichever camp. You will protect them. If they travel to the village, you will surround them with your protection. Lord, we pray that you build a, a, a wall of protection around them like you did for job yes even the devil testified that you had built a hedge around him that he had failed to penetrate through father we pray this morning for a hedge of protection over your servant and her and her work and her job lord we know that there can be intrigues at workplaces father i pray that you will protect her at her job we know that there can be bickering people fighting for position lord Lord, I pray that you will even promote her higher. We bless your name, Jesus. Blessed be your holy name. We lift your children this morning, those traveling to different destinations across the globe. Lord, we pray that you will protect them, take them to their destinations in peace, oh Lord our God. Father, we thank you. The Prince of Peace is with us. Blessed be your holy name. She lift, she, she mentioned Ukraine. Lord, we lift to you the situation. The countries at war this morning, using Ukraine and Russia as a contact point. Father, we pray that your peace will, will prevail. You are the Prince of Peace, Lord our God. We pray for the church in Ukraine, for the church in Russia, for the church in the DRC Congo. We pray, Lord our God, for the, for the church to stand and be the voice of peace, O King of glory. Blessed be your holy name. Lord, will you protect your people? Will you preserve life, O King of glory? Will you rebuke the warring parties, O Lord our God? Oh, Lord, we invite you. Even in our, in, at our borders, we, 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 we heard of, of, of the intrusion of, of, of ADF yesterday in Toroko. Lord, we pray that as a, a, a UPDF battles the rebels to push them back to, to wherever they came from. Lord, we pray that you, the Prince of Peace, you will reign. Reign in Congo. Reign, oh Lord our God. Reign in Rwanda. Reign in Uganda. Reign in East Africa. Reign in Africa. Lord, will you reign a 
as the Prince of Peace over this universe because the, the, the earth belongs to you, Lord our God. Oh, Lord, we receive you, the Prince of Peace. Blessed be your holy name. This morning, we bless your name. We, we, we exalt you. We acknowledge you as our peace, as our peace, as our peace, as our peace. You are the peace that the world cannot take away from us. Father, we bless your name. This morning we lift to you families that are in need, in need, in dire need of food, dire need of clothing, dire need of shelter. Lord, we pray that you provide. You provide. We pray Oh, Lord our God, that this season our hands will be open to give to those that are in need. Oh, Lord our God, that we share the, the, the much that you've given to us or the little that you've given to us. Give us open hearts, O King of glory, and open hands, O Lord our God, to share your blessings with others. Be glorified, O Lord our God. Be magnified and exalted. For in Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. The brethren Amen. say, Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen.